Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome back. Today, I am privileged to bring to you Mike Kim. Mike has done a number of things and has put in the reps to get to where he's at. He's been a chief marketing officer, done copywriting. He's now uh, branding. The man is gifted. And I got to tell you, a unique gift of his is being personable. The man makes himself, he is intentional about this. He makes himself accessible and just friendly. So I'm honored and privileged to bring you Mike Kim today. Mike, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great, Mike. Thank you for having me. And for those tuning in, it's an honor to be with you as well. I hope to be of some use and value to you today. <laughs> I have no doubt that you will be. Um, so, Mike, let's go ahead and start off. Where are you at today? What does life look like for Mike Kim? Yeah, life looks great, Mike. To be honest, I my business is built around the lifestyle that I want right now. I'm still enjoying travel. I know obviously COVID and all that kind of put a damper on that a little bit, but I'm in charge of my own schedule for the most part. And I, I love that. I get to work with clients I really want to. I get to teach content that I really want to. My team is made up of people that I want to work with and I love working with. And we're like we're like a small family. And uh, every day I wake, I I typically get excited about work. I mean, obviously weekends, I try to you know take time off and things like that. But for the most part, Mike, I'm very fortunate. I love what I do. I get excited about work in the morning. You're talking to me after I just took 10 days off. You're actually the first interview I've done after being 10 days off. And I got bored you know, halfway through the time off because I just wanted to kind of get back to work. But also it was really good to decompress, spend some time with family, celebrate a birthday with family. So that was wonderful. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean everything in life is perfect. It never really is. But you find reasons to be grateful and you make that a habit. And I get to I get to be one of those fortunate people who have a business that is very fulfilling. I do work that I love and I believe in, and I can make a good living from it and have experiences with my friends and family. And that's what I do today. I sitting on the sidelines, watching your feed. Now you, you're very, very, uh, humble about what you did on your 10 days, man. You had 
the most amazing dinner, dude. I looked at it and I just went, this wasn't on my list before, but thanks to Mike, <laughs> I have to go to this restaurant. I mean, the, the fact that it's like you're intentional about having time with your family and making it memorable, not just, hey, I have to go see family, but you're like, I get to go do this is awesome. Like, how did you decide I want this to be the life I live? I'm not sure that it ever happened in a moment, right? But this is an exercise I actually coached some people through at one of my events. And this is often done better in person. But if you, the listener, want to kind of take this on your own and run with it, try this. Think back to your three best days. Don't be qualitative about it. Don't try to make rules like which day, you know, a weekend, a vacation. Just like three days you really, that really stand out, like your three best days. And write those down and ask yourself, is how I'm living day in and day out leading me towards more of those days? Now, I first did this about four or five years ago, and I looked at the three best days that I wrote down, and none of them had to do anything with work, even though I love my work. They all had to do with travel. They had to do with loved ones, and they had to do with experiences. And when I noticed that, I was like, you know what? If I don't steer the ship in that direction, for the most part, what I'm doing day in and day out, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to build a life that is a prison of my own making. Because I work more now as a solo entrepreneur than I ever did at a company, right? So it was really up to me to steer the ship. And Mike, that really helped me kind of think about what I want out of life, what I want my business to do uh, for me, how I want my business to serve me and not just me serve the business. Of course, I want to serve my clients and my customers, but I had to be really intentional about that. And when I looked at that and did that little exercise, it really helped me establish a North Star. What I think is so interesting about what you said is you're you're like working a lot of hours right now but yet your life, you're enjoying it. So many times when we're, you know, in corporate or we're working for ourselves, if you've gone from that corporate environment to working for yourself, you now feel like you just traded one slave position for another, but it's like this intentionality, this exercise that you're talking about gave you the freedom that so many people are, are lacking. Like, is it, do you think it's like our perspective? Is it the way you're going about it? Because you're you're still working the hours, but you're living an amazing life is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think the, the hours, it's not really the hours that are important to me personally. I know it's different for everybody, but it's why I'm working those hours. And so if you told me like I could work these hours, but hate every hour and make $10 million a year, I don't think I could do it, to be honest. Mm. I really don't. Some people might say, well, just invest a year for $10 million. You could live the rest of your life the way you want. You never know when you know, the big guy calls your name into the sky and your life is, you just don't know. So 
I have found work takes such a big part of our lives to begin with. It takes us, it consumes such a huge part of our lives. I've very seldom met people who are fulfilled in life who don't enjoy what they do for a living. Like they're, they're at odds with each other. So to me, doing what I enjoy day in and day out doesn't mean it's hard, but if it's enjoyable and it's worth it, even if it's hard, like I'm all for that instead. And so, you know, the journey has been not per, it hasn't been perfect. It hasn't always been easy. I'm glad to share about those things. But right now, I love life. You know, I love the life I've built and I'm proud of myself. And that took me a long time to say, but I'm proud that I got here. And I'm every level you take in life, Mike, you know this, you know, every new level you take in life creates more problems, new levels, new devils, they say, right? And yet I would rather have those problems than the problems that I had previously. And life is really, to me, about choosing your regrets, not always choosing what you want. And so when I was at crossroads in my life, you know, whether they were career, whether they were career related or, you know, personal issues, I would sit down and just write down the regrets. If I make this decision, what will I regret not doing? If I make that decision, what will I regret not doing? And that's an honest picture of life because as human beings, we have this habit of viewing everything through a negative lens first. And then we try to get these self-help people to like change our psychology, you know, think more positively. And I understand the merits of that, but you're fighting against, you know, centuries and centuries of human conditioning. So I, I flipped it around and I, I decided to look at, okay, well, if this is the way I, I normally think, let me use this as a leverage instead of trying to change how I see everything. And that really drove me, you know, um, when I left my corporate career, it was, if I stay in this corporate career, here's what I'm going to regret. Never giving it a shot. Um, selling myself short. Knowing that I can do better than this, but settled. I'm going to regret all those things. If I choose to make progress towards building my own business, what am I going to regret? I'm going to regret sometimes giving up the stability that I had or giving up the friendships and the relationships and camaraderie that came with that company. I'm going to regret losing that really cool title that I had of a chief marketing officer or whatever it is. And you look at these things and you just weigh them. And it gives you kind of an undiluted picture of where you're going. I love that. Yeah, that's that's definitely a different way of looking at it rather than, you know, what are the pros? And so, so many times we kind of water it down or dilute the, the reality of the situation. So I know one thing that is coming up for you that's big is your new book, You Are the Brand. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and like your three-step framework that you've got in there? Because like to me, that is so unique in really how you frame things, much like you just talked about the regret. It's like this unique way of looking, looking at it. Yeah, I wrote the book, Mike. This is the book that I wish I had when I started eight years ago. And when I was looking at creating a new life, changing my career, I didn't want to just change jobs. I wanted to change what I did with my life. Uh, 
And so whenever I've been in transition seasons of life, I do what I always do. I read a lot of books. So I go to Barnes and Noble and I look for books on changing your career, changing your life, whatever, whatever. And they were good. I mean, some of them were good, but none of them really scratched the itch. None of them really hit that sweet spot because I was asking myself, how did this person whose book I'm looking at on the shelf write that book and build a business like doing that? How did they do that? Right. And uh, I realized that there were no books out there that talked about building a business around your ideas, or your expertise. They would teach you how to share your ideas and expertise, but not build a business around it. Then there were business books for small business owners like shop owners, bakers, you name it. But there were no business books around uh, building a business around something as intangible as your ideas. I like to call it like you're trying to you're trying to nail down Jello, right? Your ideas and your expertise, like what you want to do with your life, it seems to change every day. It's always very fluid. And now you're supposed to do what? Build something concrete around Jello? you know, and case it in until it hardens, that's very difficult. So I noticed that there were a lot of books and courses online out there about podcasting or blogging or speaking, but they were all disparate. None of them put everything together. And so I felt like a lot of people do, like I was Dr. Frankenstein piecing together random parts and I built this thing and all I had was this monster And that's how a lot of people feel. And I get why it's like that because it is more lucrative to sell one part than to teach people how to put it all together for themselves. But that ticks me off. I was just like, someone's got to say this. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to write this book. And that's what the book's about. It's about showcasing your unique expertise and building a business around something as jello-y as your ideas, your expertise, your reputation, your personality, but helping you solidify that so that you can actually have something to say, something to sell and build a life that you want. And would you mind talking about like your three-step framework in that as well? Because I mean, the questions themselves go beyond just, I mean, they go beyond the brand as far as even knowing yourself better, which is vital for having an amazing life. So would you mind sharing your three steps? Yeah. So a lot of folks will ask me, Mike, like, what's step one? Where do you start? Right. And I say you start with having a point of view, because if you work in corporate long enough, that muscle of self-expression is going to atrophy. If you think about the industries that we come from, that many of us come from, law, finance, healthcare, education, the military, on and on it goes. These are not industries that reward you for innovation. They force you to do things a certain way. And yet those are some of the most highest performing people we have in the workforce. There are these things called regulatory or compliance, right? So anything you, time you say anything that's a little bit out there, you get your wrist slapped, right? And then they meet people like me who are like, hey, just say what you want on the internet. <laughs> it's like, this is a foreign concept. And so when I work with my students, I work with my clients, most coaches out there are doing a very bad job of helping people actually move from point A to B. They're trying to tell, they tell them move from A to Z. And I'm like, you know what? That does not work. So I start with helping them formulate your point of view so that you can actually re-engage that muscle of self-expression. 
So I ask folks, number one, what pisses you off? Number two, what breaks your heart? And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Now, those are emotional questions, but that's because so many of us have shut down our passion and our emotions that we don't even know what to say. We go to the market with these very, very weak messages that don't carry any weight because there's no conviction behind them. So when I ask someone what pisses you off, that's the injustice that you see in the world. That's a big word. That's a deep emotional word. When I ask them what breaks your heart, what is the compassion you have for people? That's an emotional deep word. What's the big problem you're trying to solve? That is the purpose of your business. Business, in essence, is nothing more than solving a problem for a profit. And of course, there are problems in the world world that are not profitable to solve, which is why we have nonprofits, which are driven by the same questions. What pisses you off? What breaks your heart? That's the gist of a nonprofit. So my point here, Mike, is that we have to start with that point of view. And once we really own that and and sift through that and re-engage that muscle of self-expression, we can truly go to the market, be aligned with our inner core, say what we feel, say what we believe, share that, and then you can refine it. And then you can tweak it and massage it and get it to the point where it really comes through. But it really starts with those three questions, which I just call the PB3, the personal brand three. It's just those three questions, simple Venn diagram, and your brand message is really at the middle of those three questions, the intersection of those three questions. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, Honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. Yeah. And those, those questions, like I said before, I think they even go beyond branding is it's like, so often we define what we don't want rather than what we do want. And, you know, you're talking emotions. It's like, okay, what are you passionate about? You know, like, why are you going to work? Why are you, you know, putting in the effort at home? You know, like, why are you putting the effort in on you? So, yeah, I love those three questions. Those have been just super powerful. I did want to go back and kind of touch on, we talked about you being a CMO, but before that you were in ministry. Can you start there and kind of tell us like what your journey has been and some of the transformations in there and what that's looked like for you to get to where you're at now? Yeah. So I took a, a job as the music director of a church, they called it the worship pastor of a church, a mid-sized church, uh, large for the Northeast. It was in New England and Connecticut. And we're about probably 1,400 members or so. And it was a full-time position. I took it when I was just turned about 30 years old. So this is back in 2008. And I took this job after having, you know, worked kind of through my 20s in different, different areas and arenas. And I enjoyed the job because I believed in what I was doing and how it fit into the bigger picture. 
And then a couple of years into it, I was like, not very happy. <laughs> and it really started with this story. I, I remember in 2009, just a year later after I'd taken that position, I flew to Colorado to meet a guy who was in the similar line of work. And he was years ahead of me. He was probably in his mid-40s at the time. And he had made it, Mike. I mean, he was at the top of the mountain, if you will. And I mean, almost literally he was at the top of the mountain because he lived in Colorado at this huge church. He worked at this huge church in Colorado. And I, I flew out there to meet him one-on-one -on -one, and out of the back windows of his office, which were all, you know, glass, you know, glass wall, you could see the Rockies. I was like, this guy's made it. You know, his name was Ross. And we had a great call. We had a great time together just meeting in his office. And I had all this information. I had all this wisdom. But I also went back to my hotel room that afternoon. And I asked myself like this very innocent question. Like if everything was right in like 15 years, do I want this guy's life? And I said, no. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, wait, actually, no. Do I want to work from now until I'm 45 and have his job and that kind of influence as wonderful as it is? And I said, no. And that really started a journey for a couple of years of me unraveling what I wanted, what I believed in, what I thought a life of integrity would look like. I define a life of integrity as, you know, it, it, the word integrity comes from the word integer, which means one, right? Indivisible. It's a, it's a mathematic term, right? It's an undividable number, indivisible number. And so to me, a life of integrity meant just living a life I could respect. And I said to myself, leading music every Sunday for the same 800 people, because half the church didn't show up week to week, is not what I want to look back on my life and say that I did with my life. This would not be a life of impact. I think I can do more with my life than this. And that really started me down that journey of reinventing myself. I had all these other fears that people all have as well. I'm like, what's that going to look like on my LinkedIn profile? My resume, how am I going to get a job outside of this industry? I'm in my 30s. What the heck am I going to do? You know, when I left that position, I was in my mid 30s. And you know, my, my resume at that time, Mike, would have looked like this. A few months at Mellon Chase Investor Services as, you know, a sales guy. You know, that was like a few months. Teaching SATs to high school kids. Having a seminary degree. Being a youth pastor for two or three years. And being the music director of a church for four years. And now I'm 34, 35. What am I going to do? I was there. <laughs> so that's how it all started. So how did you go from the worship pastor to then getting to chief marketing officer? It was funny. I would just I would just chalk that up to the universe worked in a certain way, you know, and I will say that I prepared a lot. Mm. Yeah, I worked a lot. And uh, when I left my church position, I didn't have a plan B. Most people don't know this, so I'm glad you're asking. I quit. I resigned at the end of 2011. So 2012 was a gap year. And I was married at the time. And we moved back to New Jersey because my, my ex-wife wanted to study for medical school. We were young. You know, I was mid-30s. She was in her late 20s. And I didn't have a plan B. And we didn't have money either. It's not like we had a nest egg of money sitting around. 
we just decided, okay, I'm going to take this risk. She's going to work there. I'm going to find some work. I'm going to make it work. And I, I was contacted by my old boss who owned this after-school academy where I used to teach kids SATs. And she, we always kept in touch. And she asked how I was doing. I was like, yeah, I'm good. And she's like, I heard you came back to New Jersey. I was like, yeah. She's like, would you want to come teach? I was like, no, thank you. Um, so I spent that first year just itinerating. Now, for those who aren't v- very familiar with the church world, there are folks who work at a church. There are folks who full-time go on the road speak or do music at different churches, like there are touring artists. And there are people who do a little bit of both. Right, And so I had built up enough contacts over the years to go find and fill my calendar for a year. I had enough of a reputation and a quote-unquote brand, if you will, that people were happy to have me come speak or do the music. And so I did that for about a year. Well, unfortunately, I was on the road too much. You know, my, wife, my ex-wife didn't come with me. She didn't, she didn't travel with me. So I realized I had to settle down a little bit. So... My old boss called me again. She's like, hey, we've, we've opened a location near you. Would you want to come and just, you know, teach and, and connect? And I was like, sure, I'll find something to do. It'll kind of, I felt like my brain was t- turning to slush. Like, I wasn't using my brain at all anymore. So I thought it'd be good to go back, get into the teaching setting again, you know. And then the last minute, things didn't work out. So my uh, boss just, I'm, I'm going way into too much detail, so forgive me. But basically, one day while I was leaving the academy... My boss asked me to step into the office for a bit and had me look at an ad. And she's like, what do you think about this? I was like, this is all wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. This needs to say that. That's. And she looked at me like I had three heads. So I didn't know you knew how to do this. I was like, oh, yeah, I did marketing at t- at t- all the time when I was working at the church. I mean, outside of a wedding coordinator, there's no other job where you have to put on a live event every single weekend. That's what I did. And... She just said, because we had known each other for so long, she's like, name your price. What would it take for you to take over the market for the whole company? And I was like, can I think about it? She's like, yeah, think about it. Tell me. And uh, that's how I got the job. Wow. You know? And so I I look at that and I just say that to somebody, you know, I, I shared just a few minutes ago how random my LinkedIn profile looked, but my skill set was not random. Yeah. And here's a little exercise that may help some of you. I, I go into this a little bit in the book, but I wrote down everything I did at all these jobs, even the things that weren't on the job description. Now, it would say I spoke at church. I recruited volunteers for the music team. I taught SETs to high school students. You know, I hosted conferences. I marketed our albums, you know, and, you know, I mentored my boss. I coached younger you know, leaders at the church. And I took my pen and I don't know what compelled me till this day. I don't remember what it was. Nobody taught me this exercise. I just took my pen and crossed off the end of every sentence. And it's the page stared back at me. It said, I spoke, I wrote, I marketed, I recruited, I led, I coached, I hosted conferences. And it was like, Mike, I saw myself for the first time Because, you know, I said a few moments ago, we tend to look at ourselves through the negative first, right? And when it comes to our jobs and our careers and our our identity, especially as it pertains to work, we tend, our first lens that we look at everything through is the position and the job and the organization, not who we are. But that was Mike Kim. 
He was a speaker. He was a teacher. He was a coach. He was a marketer. He was a host. He was a leader. He was a recruiter. And dude, I ran with that for a long time. And that I started to, if you will, rebrand myself to myself. That's what happened. So how did you, how did you find the, the courage? Cause I mean, you're, you're like going, well, that doesn't align with who I've, you know, like who I see isn't necessarily who you've seen, right? How did you find the strength and the courage to go? Yeah, this is me and I'm going to move forward with it. I don't think it really started with courage. I think it started with a commitment. And here's what I mean by this. I, I heard this, I, in some way, shape, or form, I'm butchering a little bit, but I've made it my own in this in that sense from Dan Sullivan, who's a, a coach for entrepreneurs. And Dan says, everything actually starts with commitment first. Then number two comes courage. Number three comes competence. And then number four comes confidence. So many of us want the confidence first. It's actually the last thing to come. So at that time, when I look back on it, even when I was going through, because I read some of my journals sometimes, especially when I was writing the book, I was doing research on myself. Like, what did I really go through? And I remember I made these small commitments, like, I'm going to blog every Monday. I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm going to try my best to make it good, but I'm going to blog every Monday. So I was committed. Now, number two, I was scared to publish things sometimes. So I had to have courage. Courage, the definition of courage is doing things while you're scared. If you're not scared, it's not courageous. Right. So it, it's, so you have to realize that. So number one, I was committed. Number two, then I had the courage to just go out, share my ideas, learn some new things. As I kept doing that, number three, I earned and gained this competence. I became a better writer. I became a better blogger. I became someone who was more comfortable sharing my ideas and my point of view. What pisses me off? What breaks my heart? What, what's the big problem I'm trying to solve? And then number four came the confidence to kind of slowly do this. Now, here's the thing. It's a life sentence. You can never escape from this cycle because every time you start something new, you go back to step one. So when it comes to podcasting, I'm very confident. I've earned that over all these years. But when I wrote this book behind me, dude, right back to square one. Am I committed? Okay. Will you write it while scared? Courage? Okay. The more I wrote it, the better I felt about it, I gained competence. The more I did that, I gained confidence. And every time we start something new in life, whether it's a business endeavor or life, you name it, you start with commitment. And that's really where it began for me. That's powerful. And that goes beyond like just doing anything within our businesses. I mean, that's like relationships and just, you know, dealing with, with children. It's like, okay, now they're six and they're different than they were at five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and dude, that's, that's powerful. Well, Mike, if you would, as we wrap up here, would you share with how people can reach out, connect with you? I know there's, there's a lot more to your story, which we're just like kind of skimming over. And just like you've talked here about, yeah, i I didn't have all this like, you know, amazing resume. You, you are transparent and just honest. And that's not something that's, you know, a widely available commodity that we, you know, we see displayed. So how can people reach out to you? Well, everyone's listening to a podcast right now. So I know that on average, the average 
podcast listener listens to about seven shows a week. So try out my podcast. It's called Brand You. If you want to build a personal brand business, check out a few episodes. Make me one of your seven for a few weeks. Give it a try. I'm always trying to share good content there. And of course, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's really the place that I've gathered all of these years of experience and, and distilled the top 10% into something that would truly help people. And you can get it there or on all those channels or just go to youarethebrandbook.com. You'll get bonuses. Anyone who buys a book gets these bonuses uh, that we're, we're sending out. So go there and uh, pick up a copy of the book and hopefully it'll help you. Cool. And on social media, how can people get you there? Yeah, Instagram and LinkedIn are the ones that I'm using the most these days. And both handles are Mike Kim TV. Mike Kim TV. Perfect. Mike. Thank you so much for coming in here and sharing, you know, like the the depth of knowledge and wisdom that you have, but also stuff that you haven't shared other places. I really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Mike. And for all those listening, it was a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.